0: So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting Bluehost.com. That's Bluehost.com.
1: Hello and welcome to the HP Podcast, your weekly video game podcast from... Of I'm Ben, and I forget the way to introduce the show every week. With me here is Brandon, the most glorious diet coke drinking ginger. What's up? How you doing? Good. Got a got a crisp DC on my lap. Mm-mm. Um,
0: doing pretty good for a Tuesday uh, afternoon evening
1: evening. Really? Yeah. Like yeah. it's six thirty. Is that wrong? Though
0: it is afternoon.
1: That's technically correct because technically anything i think technically you could say anything after 12 p.m. until 11:59 p.m. is
0: before noon is
1: no 12 p.m. which is which oh, is, noon, oh, 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 oh. is is afternoon and then anything after that you kind of have to say it's before noon fair because once you get further from the start point then you anyway so i think technically you're correct but yeah but when does afternoon become evening well in your scenario it never does <laughs> but i think it dep- I think evening gets earlier the older you are. Yeah. Kind of like dinner. It's like 7.30. Yeah. 6.30. 5.30
0: doesn't feel like evening.
1: Maybe. At one point, they said that primetime TV was like 7 o'clock. Was it? But I don't think it's 7 o'clock. I think it's like 9 now. Yeah,
0: I would believe that.
1: Yeah. But I also don't watch network TV anymore.
0: Yeah. How many people have cable? I'm just genuinely curious. It has to be a dying thing, right? Because even our cable company... Our local large cable company. This, the boxes are now streaming. I just learned that the other day. Oh, really? Yeah. They're, they're little like fire sticks almost. I don't even know if there's coaxial cable. I, I mean, maybe into the house. Right. But not like into a box. Well, the like internet. They, used to be. they still have
1: internet that runs through coaxial. Right, right, right. Yeah.
0: but
2: Interesting.
1: Yeah. Also with us is Dave Landon, the cable master. Dave, you probably don't have cable either, do you?
2: No. No, I'm. we live off... Netflix and like Disney Plus and our subscription like catalog changes quite a lot. Uh-huh. So I'll I'll like subscribe to something and watch a couple things that I missed and then unsubscribe and then go find something else and like I'm a month to month kind of guy. So You have way more
1: willpower than me. Not willpower. I just am too lazy to cancel and renew all the time. I only subscribe to a couple things and like Dustin has Hulu and because, and so, like, I use his login and I have HBO and he uses my login. Like, we share a couple of things like that. It probably evens out. I don't know. We don't care. But uh, I think I've kept Netflix for like 15 years at this point. And there are definitely multiple months sometimes that go by without me watching anything. But it is so nice. Like, we don't let our kids watch TV a ton without us. Like, we usually watch stuff together if we watch anything at all. But it's so nice to just be like, watch something on Netflix kids. It's probably safe and not have to think about it. So, I mean, that's, that is nice, but yeah, I I have too many subscription services overall, like in my entire life probably, but I have far less than some people. I saw a thing the other day that was like the average subscriptions that most people have amount to this many dollars. And I was like, Holy, that's like a third of my income. How do you do that? I don't know. Well, I'm a, I'll tell you what is a good subscription, though, is Game Pass. You can get a thousands of free. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Shell. <laughs> this, this is not a game. Pass. I mean, I do have a Game Pass and I probably will keep it for a long time. I think, I mean, Brandon, you got Game Pass for like, what, a month and then unsubscribed? Yeah, I think I
0: had it for two months because I let it auto renew by accident once. Mm-hmm. That's um, how they get you. Yeah. It wasn't a bad thing. I just, if I'm not playing it, then there literally right. is no purpose. Um, It wasn't even my main console at that point, so it didn't even really make sense, but um, I'll probably be doing it again. I haven't really checked it out on PC, but uh, we were just talking before the show started and I'm going to CD keys that shit or something, Yeah. Um, especially now that High on Life is out, Yeah. um,
1: which I'm really interested in. Dave, you just got Game Pass back after having not had it for a while. Do you still have it or is it gone again?
2: No. See... So, I I can't remember why I got it last time, but I I did what you kind of suggested before the show, where it's like, get it for a month, and just play as much as you can. I think I had it for two months, and I made the most of it. Like, I I finally finished Forza Horizon, and I played, like, some Grounded, which I hadn't played before, and I played uh, Senua's, or Hellblade, which Uh is awesome. So, like, I played a bunch of other stuff I wouldn't have otherwise played, but... I also then made a conscious decision that like at this date I'm going to cancel and then I'm going to focus on my main console, which is PlayStation. But the funny thing about that is like the only subscription like gaming wise that I've had continuously from like day one was PlayStation plus, but I just recently canceled that. So like at the end of January, I have to make a decision if I want to buy this again for another year or go month to month or do the three month thing or whatever, but I'm, I'm trying to be a little bit more frugal when it comes to that stuff. And the only sticking point, and I I forget this, and I think a lot of people maybe are in the same boat, but I forget that without PlayStation Plus, you cannot play online. So like Call of Duty, you can't play any PS Plus games that you've gotten that were free monthly games. What are you
1: going to do about Deep Rock Galactic, dude?
2: I know. So I'm kind of hoping that by the time I get to end of January, I'm going to be ready to play something else yeah um but yeah it's you, you got to manage those subscriptions because they they really start to add up <laughs>
1: yeah for sure yeah. i specifically don't have certain ones like i don't have uh playstation plus on auto renew because i never like i i I think it's what sixty dollars normally u.s mm-hmm. and I always find it for like 35 or 40. Probably even cheaper sometimes, but I always seem to snag it when it's like 35 or 40 bucks. So I intentionally don't put it on auto renew so that I don't cuz I guarantee as soon as it expires, I haven't had to do this in a few years cuz I found deals and stacked a couple of years or something, but as soon as it expires, I just go and look for a code on CD keys or whatever and there it is and I'm set. I don't know how they make money doing that, like CD keys. I don't know what those cost them. It but.
2: did make me realize that like why sony's been or maybe this is a reason why sony has been so apprehensive when it comes to cross save and cross play because like one of the first things i thought of is like i've been playing a lot of deep rock galactic and i know that if i stop with ps plus then i'm probably going to jump over to game pass deep rock is on game pass so is there a way i can just like jump you know over to xbox and continue um kind of playing but but you can't so there's a reason for me to to keep ps plus um i don't think deep rocks on game pass anymore but that's not the
1: point you were making
2: oh it isn't well it used to be but yeah 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 yeah. yeah. you're right i mean that's because that would be a you know an easy way for me to kind of jump off ps plus but
1: yeah i'm sure that's one of the reasons i think another reason is because they don't want you using stuff you bought on their platform somewhere else and vice versa right right so I mean, it's dumb, but I get it, I suppose, from a business aspect. Yeah. The cross-play, I don't understand. Cross-play doesn't hurt anybody other than, I mean, I guess I guess you could make a case that people will not buy a game on your system if it's not cross-play, but you could also make a case that people may buy your system because it's not cross-play, but I think a lot of those are cross-play. The cross-progression stuff is a little more understandable, but the cross-play stuff, man, come on. Yeah, just let us play together.
0: Yeah, really. You know,
1: it. we're we're all gamers, and therefore all losers. That's right. And that's really what it's all about: being losers together, guys. Before we really get into the meat of things, I want to mention two things. One, a plug: uh, we have a Patreon, patreoncom slash phantom. You can sign up for as little as a dollar a month. Get ad-free early access to the show. We very much appreciate your support over there. Uh, we also have a Discord. You can join hansa phantom.com/slash/discord. We hang out. We have fun. We laugh. Things like that. The other, I just want to give a a, a shout out to another podcast. And this podcast is one of the first podcasts I ever listened to, probably in the first 10 podcasts. And it's called A Life Well Wasted. A guy named Robert Ashley does it. The first one came out in 2009. And the most recent one came out yesterday. And there are only eight episodes. So, yes, there was a nine year gap between two of the episodes. Uh, So anyway, it's like a document, documentary, documentary style show, very highly produced. Uh, He does his own music for it. about video games and the people who people who play them. I think it was what his tagline was. I don't know what it is anymore. Probably probably the same thing. But he just goes into like these weird niche things. And like the first episode, I think was about the death of Electronic Gaming Monthly magazine. And the most recent one I haven't listened to it. It just came out yesterday, but talks about does, does a thing on speed running, uh, speed running games and blindfold specifically. Visiting a museum in Moscow to look at Soviet era arcade machines, just like deep dives on gaming stuff not about video games like what are you playing this month but like it's a it's a kind of a documentary style show so i would just encourage everybody to check that out because it's great and i think each episode is under an hour and there's only eight of them hopefully there's more but that's also part of what makes them special is that they go years and years without being posted so i just want to give a shout out because it was um when i opened up my phone it was the first thing on the home screen and it reminded me that that show needs more listeners Brandon,
0: what's up?
1: There's a story you just alerted me to. Ooh. And it's a stupid story, but we don't have a ton of stuff to talk about this week. So we're going to talk about this. This comes from Eurogamer. <laughs> it says Lost Michael Jackson Sega World game recovered from UK flea market. Oh, thank God. Quote A Lost Michael Jackson video game built for the Sega World amusement parks has been salvaged from a UK car boot sale jackson appeared in sega's scramble training giving a voiceover to the motion simulator arcade game that was released, released in march 1993 built on sega's advanced simulator one pod however following allegations of sexual abuse all references to jackson were later entirely removed earlier this year however a digital tape titled sega as1 michael jack's version was discovered at a car boot sale in the uk As GamesRadar and Forbes report, it was being sold by someone selling items owned by a departed relative who happened to be a former employee of Sega Sega Amusements Europe. It turns out that the tape contained full recordings of scramble training footage, complete with English voiceover from Jackson and dubbed into Japanese. (laughs) While the game itself remains unavailable, the tapes featuring Commander Jackson have now been uploaded to YouTube. (laughs) Please look this up on Google. It. He's like glowing in the thumbnail. I saw it's magical, it's very magical. Now, Brandon, are you, you know, aside from Michael Jackson being in a game, sure, are, are you a fan of Michael Jackson in general? Uh, wow, most people are. Um, at least his music, right?
0: Yeah, um, sorry, know. I didn't mean the individual, I meant the, right. the musical stylings, off. right? Sure, no, I mean, obviously, um, monumental beyond belief. Um, to the music industry, yeah. um, as many and all know, um, but the fact that sometimes in video games you find these small little things that end up. What do, I mean, we talk about it all the time. How much video game stuff gets lost to time? Yeah, and how close was this Sega Michael Jackson game to never coming into the public eye ever? Like, did this relative think they actually were going
1: to score some cash for this? I don't know, but I'm thankful that they did. They probably the the person who had it probably just like brought it home from work or was like working on it (laughs) at home or something. And was like, well, they don't need it back now. So whatever, I'll just keep, you know, and like threw it in their attic along with like grandma's curtains and stuff. Right. No, exactly. It really makes you wonder what else is out there because, oh, man,
0: occasionally I feel like especially early video games, there were these like very strange don't get me wrong, there's still some strange things that happen. You know, The Rock is in Fortnite, um, stuff like that, but like just very strange celebrity and um, interesting people coming in video games that I just find delightful to discover.
1: Yeah, for sure. Like Kevin Spacey and uh, Call of Duty. What you're seeing here is modern <laughs> warfare or, or no,
0: advanced warfare. Advanced warfare. Um, But no, that was fantastic. That actually, you know, brightened up my day a little bit when I saw that incredibly old um, neon almost photo of uh, Michael Jackson in a beautiful Sega pod simulation.
1: Now, now Dave, I don't know, um, you know, what the like if you guys have music in Canada or not, but you've heard of Michael Jackson, though, right? Yeah, I've heard of them once or okay. twice. Dude, they got Justin Bieber. What are you talking about? <laughs> I know. Are you Are you gonna check out uh, the the YouTube footage of this made for theme park only video game with
2: Michael Jackson in it? <laughs> I think I have to after Brandon's recommendation in in the description. I think everybody should. We owe it to ourselves. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if this was something that was just gonna fade into obscurity, and and now just by what, like a a ridiculous happenstance, like we can see it, why not? I mean. The funny thing
1: is that this is Sega, so this video will probably stay up for who knows how long. If this were Nintendo, it'd be copyright struck, even though there's no chance of ever selling it. They would have actually beheaded that
0: relative <laughs> for selling it,
1: and um, they would have dug up the dead relative yeah. and burned them.
0: Yeah, seriously, they would have they would have sold whatever was on his body for you know,
1: coming in on them funds. Um, yeah. Now this is fantastic. All right. Well. Like I said, we don't have a ton to talk about. It's a slow time for gaming, but we did just have the Game Awards. And I know by the time most people listen to the show, it'll be a week or more since the Game Awards happened. But you haven't heard us talk about it yet. And let's face it, the real reason you're here isn't for our insight. It's for our good looks and personalities, even though you can't see us. So I want to just go through. Actually, let's do this. Why don't we each talk about something that we saw we can do this multiple times, but let's just go through and like pick something that you saw that was really cool and then we can all spin off on it. Dave, we'll start with you. I, don't, I hope I'm not putting you on the spot here.
2: No, I, I believe it or not, I sometimes come a little bit prepared for, for this stuff, even though most of the production is done in the 45 seconds before we hit record mm-hmm. each week. But, mm-hmm. um, the biggest thing for me was uh, Judas, yes. um, yes, from Ken Levine. Um, we've seen this before where somebody like a guy or a girl makes like a really cool video game and then makes a sequel and then another one and then sort of disappears. And then they reemerge just like Ken Levine did. And, and we just kind of assume that because their name is attached to it, that they're going to repeat history. Um, and that's not always the case. Um, I think about, was it David Jaffe that did drawn to death? Yes. Yeah. So I mean I, that that was a good game. I, I think people liked it, but it wasn't you know his original kind of right. what he was known for. So it was a bad game. Definitely. I was <laughs> I was pleasantly surprised um, of what I saw from Judas because it really looks like he's taken you know a lot of what we loved about Bioshock and and made an evolution of that. Um, I like that we got. Uh, an announcement trailer for a game that was chock full of gameplay and it wasn't just like um, random B roll, but it was like actually interesting stuff that gave us a lot of insight into what this game's going to be like. And luckily it, um, it looks like Bioshock (laughs) in some ways, at least in, in, you know, kind of clearly what it was inspired by. So I, I was, I was pleasantly surprised by that. Um, so yeah, I mean that's that's one that I'm dec- definitely looking forward to, and whatever who who has Bioshock now is it Cloud Chamber.
1: No, uh, well, yeah, yes, but it's yeah, it's technically um,
2: it's 2K, 2K, yeah, 2K. But y- yeah. you know, wh- whatever they they eventually come up with, and I, I suspect we're going to finally have that announced to us sometime in the next uh, six months, and we've heard rumblings that it's like. BioShock in like Antarctica or something like that. Right. Um, they are going to have their work cut out for them because what Ken Levine showed us was like <laughs> BioShock's next um, competition. So yeah, um, yeah. That that Judas is one that that really looked good to me. And if you, if you haven't seen it, then I I suggest you go watch the trailer because it looked really really cool. Yeah,
1: and they didn't give any kind of uh, timeline on date, right? I did not think so. No, Just no.
2: surprising because like it was a lot of gameplay and it really yeah, it was for so long. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I mean, I think
1: they're probably smart enough. And I don't, I mean, they have a publisher, obviously, but they don't have probably the same kind of pressure. And plus, they have Ken Levine and his clout that a publisher is probably not pushing them for a release date for pumping up stock numbers and stuff. But so they probably want to just like wait until they're sure and get it right. Yeah. Now, Dave, I agree with you completely. That was probably
0: my number one for the show, to be honest with you. I wasn't like super hyped about any particular announcement except for this one yeah. um i do want to talk about some other things but this was definitely the height of the show for me mm-hmm. aside from the awards themselves i mean i guess for the announcements right um even the beginning shot where you're looking through the glass and, sh- and judas or whoever the lady was on the screen comes up with almost like a it almost looks like the wrench from the beginning and it almost looks like the uh, bathysphere You know, the very beginning of the game, when you go through the submarine, it literally almost looks identical to the beginning of the first game. Like, it's very cool. Um, A lot of really cool vibes. I got some like, um, got some Deathloop vibes a little bit. Just just the very strong and bold uh, stylization of the game trailer was really cool. And just some really wacky visuals over the top. Um, I love the giant mech robot dog that you can potentially ride in. I thought that was really cool. Um, but super excited for more. Um, yeah, seems like a really solid uh, concept, at least from what we've seen. Uh, and I know that's not too much, but uh, I'm itching for more at this point.
1: Now, Dave, I'm curious from your perspective. Now, I know I've been, you know, negligent on remembering what everyone has played but I don't think you've played all the Bioshock games. And the reason I say that is because we did a panel at PAX, and I thought, like, Handsome Phantom did a panel at PAX about Bioshock, and we asked you to be a part of it, but I was thinking that you said you couldn't because you hadn't played all of them. Am I correct, or am I totally off base?
2: You're incorrect.
1: Why did uh, you not I, join I us think, on that panel? I
2: think you only had... because uh, I, I, I think you had an opportunity to submit for... I think maybe you submitted proposals for two separate panels. And I think I submitted you, like
1: four, actually. You but included
2: yeah. me on one of them, but okay. I, th- I assume you you had like you and Adam Bankhurst, and then you had only a select number of other people you could have on it. So I I was not included in that one, but I did play yeah. them all. Okay. I, d- I didn't play Minerva's Den, though. That's the only uh, part I missed, and no. uh, I didn't finish Bioshock Infinite so even even still I probably wasn't the most qualified but yeah I've I've played all of them uh to some extent
1: so my my memory was partially correct sure and the part of my memory that was correct was that you weren't on the panel
2: (laughs) (laughs) no I had a great time in the in the crowd though that was really cool um yeah yeah. so I experienced it from a different perspective yeah
1: it's a good panel it's a good time yeah i'm pumped for it too just in case anybody didn't know i'm very excited i even uh maybe got a little hint before the show that it was coming uh from someone who may have known and was still surprised to see it really so yeah damn yeah and when i say before the show i mean like 25 minutes before the show <laughs> not like i you know i didn't know right. it, a lot of it in advance but um and i was like yeah yeah that'd be cool but we'll see and then it came and i was like holy shit that's so good <laughs> brandon yeah. You got an announcement you want to talk about? Um, I was honestly excited for
0: the Diablo 4 cinematic trailer. Damn. And that's like completely against what I typically am excited for because it isn't gameplay. Like yeah. zero gameplay. Zero. Which I typically am against. But what I will say is some of the best cinematics that I have ever seen, period, um, from any studio have always come from Blizzard. And they always do it up very nicely. And Diablo being a game, I am very excited about, and it's getting a ton of really good buzz. It kind of reinvigorated that for me. Um, I'm not necessarily like into, you know, the devil or demons and stuff. But I find, I well a little bit, but I find the dark aesthetic to be like what I gravitate towards a lot of the time. So so seeing this super uh uh, dungeness this super lava filled demon filled trailer and beautiful beautiful cinematic style like blizzard always does even way way back in the days like their their stuff has always looked incredibly good yeah um for the time um so that was really awesome to see especially like i said paired with um all the good news and like seemingly positive things that i've been hearing about people around the game, you know, things changing for the good. So I don't want to get my hopes up too much yet, but it
1: was nice to see it. It was nice to see it on the big screen. You also, I mean, you probably like the Halsey musical act right before it, too. Uh, yeah, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Whoever that is. Yeah. No, you didn't You didn't get to watch them live. You watched them a little later. Like, yeah, yeah. So I unfortunately... You probably um, got to skip the boring parts.
0: Yeah, I did skip all of the boring parts, actually. I unfortunately took a nap by accident. Right. I woke up part of the way through the fucking show and it was like, I have once a year that this big video game thing <laughs> happens, like the Oscars of the video games, and I fucking was sleeping um yeah i was i wasn't too happy but um it's weird
1: not to be there we were there for like three years in a i
0: know yeah yeah i agree and this year to be honest with you just to kind of touch on the video game awards in general just the production and like i don't know jeff has definitely done an excellent job year after year um and you know there's always some controversy right uh, because there's people involved and so there's going to be something we can even touch on that if we want to we don't have to but um Yeah, everything was great. Like it felt so well produced. Like the the way the stage was set up, um, you know, the way the presenters presented. It just it felt good, and it felt like what Jeff wants it to, and what it can be. Um, And that was just a really good feeling to see the medium elevated to that level, which
1: is what Jeff has really been trying to achieve for years now, and has mostly succeeded. Yeah, I think so so too. Back to Diablo Four. I was also very excited and not like you said, not because of that trailer necessarily, although it was good, but we got to see some gameplay and some impressions earlier in the week last week about the game. And just like there's a lot of positive buzz going around about it. And I've talked about it on the show before. About how about how long I've loved Diablo? And I realized today, actually, when I was looking at that PlayStation wrap up thing, when it tells you like your first achievement, my first achievement on PlayStation or my first um, trophy on PlayStation was uh 2013 playing Diablo 3 and I was like oh that was so many games ago and I was like wait that was the last game that was the last Diablo <laughs> game 2013 <Yeah. laughs> and it came out the year before that I think yeah so just thinking about the fact that it's, by the time it comes out it will have been over a decade yeah which is No wait it's already over a decade it will be over 11 years yeah uh, between games so that's it's just crazy pretty monumental in and of itself we yeah. got a, we did get a release date that was one thing we got from that trailer that we didn't have before uh, At yeah, so the beginning of next year, June sixth, I think. Well, what is that? Yeah, pretty close to the beginning. Yeah, Dave, Diablo four doing anything for
2: you? Uh, somewhat, but I'm having a bit of an issue with Diablo four in that uh, I may have to do what Brandon just did and um invest some money in a PC because I can't see myself playing Diablo on a console on uh, on a controller. That just seems weird to me. Yeah, um, Diablo comes with that incessant click, 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 click noise, and without that, it's just weird. So, yeah. uh, I'm sure I could run it, but um, I don't know. I, I don't know if it's a day one for me. I, I I'm really curious to see what this game is like at launch because I don't know if the developers have really absolved themselves of, um, you know, the Diablo three fiasco with the uh, the auction house and then. We get Diablo Immortal, and I know it's a mobile game, but it's, it's just it's it's created for microtransactions. So I'm curious right. to see, but I do Different like Diablo. Too, yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, Blizzard certainly has no shortage of launch day, week, month uh, failings. Well, do look at Overwatch stack up on? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, come on, another one. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. yeah, it's
0: it's been rough. No, but it was good. Yeah. It was good, man, and I was glad to see it. So I am cautiously optimistic i will say something about what you said dave i played a lot i actually this is going to be blasphemous but what i played almost exclusively diablo 3 and it was only on controller so i've never played on pc oh there's nothing like it dude and you know i'm not saying it's better or worse i'm not saying anything but i'm saying using a controller is probably not as bad as you think i actually had a fine time (laughs)
1: I have played on both. I've played on Diablo 3 on controller and on uh, mouse and keyboard. And I will say that I personally prefer mouse and keyboard, but I've played, I played the previous two Diablo games on mouse and keyboard. So that's, you know, controller was new for me, but right. I was going to say Diablo 4, but since you said it, I'm going to say atomic heart. Ooh. And this comes as no surprise to anyone with how pumped up on, but on this game. And I have some bad news for you guys. What's you know that? how I normally don't watch trailers? You did it. When you go to like a movie and you see the trailers ahead of time, that's like an exception. Like you're not going to just close your eyes and stuff your ears full of cotton or something while you're there. Right. Same at award shows and presentations. Like you're going to watch those trailers and whatever. But what I did was afterwards, I was like, mm, I got to see more Atomic Heart. I went and watched all the, all the stuff I've missed on it. And some of the other, even yes. some like, and man, I couldn't help it. So it looks phenomenal i know they're just trailers but just the way they're putting together these trailers are like literally giving me goosebumps yeah. okay. uh and the game may not end up being good who knows but as of right now it's my most anticipated game of the next seven years <laughs> because of everything else i know that's coming out nothing else i mean there's even some stuff like i'm excited about diablo i'm excited about starfield i'm excited about uh other games spider spider-man 2 i'm excited about you know all sorts of stuff that we know is coming out but we don't have a release date and it doesn't matter because uh atomic heart even though it's coming out in february is still just like ringing that bell for me over and over and dave it are the are the russians gonna scare you away from playing atomic heart
2: no man it's it's i i don't know i hope that's not a problem for people because uh this this game looks like one of those um those gen it's, it's uh, I know there's a lot of Bioshock kind of comparisons but it really looks like it's one of those games like you remember when Bioshock came out and it looked weird but it had a lot of good marketing and people started playing it and they were like yo this is like a weird game but you gotta play it like uh-huh. It's definitely giving me those vibes. So absolutely not, man. I'll be right there with you. I I don't know if it's my most anticipated game for the next seven years, maybe like five and a half. Okay, But uh, we're
1: close. We're close. That's fine. Yeah, I can accept that. And and to to your point there, I hope that, like, as far as we know, these are just some Russian folks in a studio developing a game. It's not. But I do think there will be some anti-Russian sentiment that goes around around the game. But let's let's hope not. Yeah, no, the trailers have been rife with gameplay
0: yeah uh and it's all looked amazing i mean the the visuals are so unique um and the characters um i hope not too much has been given away yeah that's kind of the problem that the reason that you like to go black on things ben um but go dark on things um but yeah it's really exciting super exciting it just continues to look good every single trailer um no hesitation from me i will be there day one
1: so yeah, it's, um, it's another Game Pass one, Brandon. No shit. Yeah, it's going to be day one on Game Pass. I think it will be on other platforms. I mean, it will be on other platforms. I'm most positive. But uh, be on Game Pass day one. Damn, dude. So What a value, dude. I t- That's why I say, like, <laughs> I could see myself getting rid of Netflix or something before Game Pass because I'm always, you know, you figure four months, four and a half months of subscription pays for one game. And I play way more than that on there. Fair enough. So yeah, yeah. That's just my personal, I mean, I can certainly understand if you're not somebody who uses it all the time, why it wouldn't be worth it. But for me, it's, it's way worth it. Yeah, absolutely. Dave, back to you. Got another game lined up. Got another announcement.
2: Yeah. The, the other one that, uh, I was really happy to see that I, I wasn't expecting, uh, was remnant two. Oh, um, yeah. I really liked the first game remnant from the ashes. Uh, I really like gunfire games. um, they they also did uh Darksiders. I, I think they're kind of like the spiritual successor to the original Darksider creators. Um but yeah, I, I, I really like Remnant from the Ashes. I think there's a lot about that game that like if they just approach things a little bit differently here and there, um that you know they could have a a good game go to like an absolutely great game um so yeah i really liked it if it just if if people have forgotten remnant was was famous for being dark souls with guns yeah um but um and this is a developer too that's shown that they listen to kind of gamer feedback so um yeah the game's looking great it's coming out next year i don't think we have an exact date yet but um yeah i'm really looking forward to this um and yeah it's uh it's looking good it's looking good remnant two
1: nice yeah it's one of those i haven't really paid any attention to mostly because i did not play the first one but uh it does look good and it might encourage me to go back and check it out. i
2: remember specifically streaming it back when i used to stream uh and you watched me yeah and you were like i know nothing about this game but i'm gonna watch you play it (laughs) and the big thing about that was like it it was kind of like a, a good example of of why procedurally generated levels can be great, but they can also be weird uh-huh. because like it, 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 I know I just kind of bigged up the game, but one of the things that I hope they address with the sequel, which is why I'm, I'm excited that they're, they're, they're taking a stab at it again is um, like there were these levels and like there were, there would be these paths and like you would kind of go down these paths and be like, Oh, there's going to be something here. Cause like, otherwise there's no reason for this hallway to be here or whatever. And it would just kind of lead to nothing. And I think um, it was, like, a really good example of, like, like, this this is a demonstration of, like, procedural generation because this is here for no reason. But, right, right. Um, so, yeah. But in, in any case, I'm looking forward to the sequel. Nice. Brandon, any interest in Remnant 2?
0: No, I don't know much about it, to be honest. I am slightly interested based off the descriptor that Dave gave it. Uh-huh. um But I actually need to go back. I I might have missed that.
1: I don't think I saw that. Yeah. It looks cool. It's just, I don't know if it's my speed or not.
2: Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter.
0: Go to PrettyLitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSC. Brandon, you're next. Oh, dude. DS2. Oh, dude. Yeah. Death Death Stranding 2. Man, I just, the first, the first Death Stranding was just, Truly one of the most unique video game experiences that I've ever had. Holy shit.
1: What? You just used my two least favorite phrases in one <laughs> sentence. Truly. And most unique. Most unique. Anyway, sorry. Video game. But it but it was.
0: I couldn't um, help it. I had to say you, something. You know, it's like, it, it's like Amazon delivery package plus right. uh, the video game. Uh, but with uh, weird, oily, fucked up
1: monsters and babies. Yeah. Um, well, and sometimes so, the, sometimes the babies are monsters
0: too. Yeah, I mean it's 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 such a difficult game to even describe. I'd like to try and describe uh, Death Stranding, like the original game, to like a ninety year old person. Yeah, and see if I would <laughs> be able to do it. Um, I would love for someone to do that. Um, I could do it. Um, but DS2 looked fantastic. Obviously, lots of intrigue around the trailer. Many mysterious things happened, much like in the game itself. Mm-hmm. Um, it was good to see BB, or who I assume is BB. Maybe, yeah. Um, you honestly don't know. Um, good to see Fragile again. Yeah. And some characters that we're not quite sure about. So um, the character in red was very spooky. Uh-huh. Kind of looked like some characters from the first ones. I won't be too specific, but... It makes you wonder with some of the imagery Um, and obviously just very atmospheric at points. You know, there was a red coffin carried by red cloaked individuals. So Mm -hmm. just very mysterious. And it was good to see Norman again, all gray and old, Yeah, Um, but genuinely interested to see what's going on there, especially after hearing that Kojima pretty much scrapped a lot of what was um, supposed to be death stranding too yeah so, supposedly i'm right. not yeah i'm not it's saying joke he, i'm right. not saying he's lying right but i'm genuinely interested like i would like to know if anything that would be Soko like to actually just a hundred percent scrap it yeah um i feel like but um yeah just really interesting and i think that the formula they have is so open-ended in a lot of ways if you've played the game i feel like they could do a lot with the traversal Mm -hmm. Um, and i'm just excited to be walking across a beautiful breathtaking landscape um, listening to some lo-fi slash chill beats that kojima has picked out for me Um, so can't wait man i seriously cannot wait
1: Uh, the whole time watching that trailer you, you talk about not knowing what's going on and i did not know what's going on like at one point i'm like Oh, there's Fragile and BB. That's this is definitely a prequel. Right, right. And then you see Norman or whatever his name is in the game. Yeah. Um damn it, I can't remember. You see Norman Reedus and you're like oh, wow, maybe it's right. not a sequel or maybe it's not a prequel. You're like, maybe it's a sequel. He's, he's a, all gray. He's old as fuck. But and Kojima then, could easily be like, oh,
0: he like went through
1: this shithole and exactly. now he has white hair. Yeah, I mean, there's like, yeah, all yeah. sorts of stuff. But I remember like I still, after playing Death Stranding, I mean, I played like 30, 35 hours of it. So I guess I haven't technically played it. But I'm still like, what is this game? I remember we were at either E3 or the Game Awards or something, whenever they showed off Death Stranding for like the 7,000th time. And our buddy Christian texted me and goes, Bro, what the hell is Death Straining? And I was like, <laughs> like I, I still don't know. know. Yeah.
0: <laughs> You're like, really, I promise I want to give you a good description, but it even after playing the game, I'm mm-hmm. sometimes I struggle to like understand how strange and beautiful the thing I played was.
1: Dave, any hype for death straining?
2: No. Okay. no i've 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 stared at death stranding one in my basket on psn like a dozen times and just said i can't fucking do it yeah so yeah yeah i, I don't yeah. think i'm gonna play the original
1: <laughs> i keep wanting to go back to it i played like 30 35 hours like i said of, the, of it and then when the extended edition came out i had gotten the or the ps5 edition or whatever it was i'd gotten the disc for really super cheap to like under $5 on clearance at Walmart or something in Cincinnati, I think. I don't know. And I popped it in again. And I started over and I was like, well, I started over and I lost interest and now I'll probably never finish the original game. <laughs> so I don't know. We'll see. Sam Bridges. Sam Bridges. Thank you. <laughs> that, that was a good reminder, but
2: you know what I should do? I should play the sequel without playing the original and then come oh, on the on. show and try to explain it.
1: I mean,
0: you're welcome to do that. Honestly, you probably would do just as well as someone who had played (laughs) the first game. And that's no slight towards Kojima-san. But, yeah, super cool. Just beautiful. Even the trailer was beautiful. So it's good to see him on stage, too. Yeah. Him and Jeff are, like,
1: close. So I I wasn't surprised to see this. but um, It's very funny to me because... I'm sure this isn't really the case, but sometimes I get the impression when I watch the two of them interact. I'm like, Jeff is, he is, he is Jeff's friend. Jeff loves him. Right. But does Kojima care about Jeff at all? (laughs) Do
2: Kojima's Kojima. Yeah. That's that's my issue with it is it seems he's such a fangirl over Kojima, but it's, I I mean, I'm sure
1: there's a, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? A nationality, uh, disconnect there there's also a language barrier obviously but yeah so i'm always like does kojima actually like jeff or does he just like him because he likes him because nobody likes kojima more than kojima so if you really like kojima he likes you even more because you like him
0: except for guillermo del toro i think he
1: loves kojima yeah i think they do get get along pretty well
0: that's the bromance i do ship
1: yeah Yeah. to
0: be honest with you
1: the next thing i want to talk about is the vampire survivors mobile port
0: yeah it's crazy i didn't realize it was coming to mobile
1: they didn't announce it really now i had hypothesized several times that this game could be played on mobile i think i had talked about it in the theme of cloud gaming because it was available through uh game pass via cloud but it is now available and i did get a chance to play it a couple times but there's part of me that's just like well i don't really want to lose all my progress and achievements on the other version right but i i will say that the mobile version feels a little slow to me. Like it doesn't control super well to me just with like your thumb. I mean, I'm sure with a controller it'd be fine, but I'm like, I'm finding it difficult to like, it doesn't feel like I can make the turns fast enough in the mobile version. I don't know. Anyway, the bigger thing I wanted to talk about here is this game is, it's only like 399, 499 on steam is on game pass and they've got a DLC coming out soon and everything. But they put out Vampire Survivors on mobile for free and not free with microtransactions, not free with ads for free. The game is just free. It's crazy. And that's crazy now, especially in the landscape we're in. Seriously. But I'm just wondering, and obviously we don't know. I'm just curious. What is the end goal? Because the game isn't very complex. I'm sure it was relatively easy slash cheap to port. Although I have, it may have been very difficult but what is, the, what is the end goal? Like, why put out the game with literally zero monetary return? Maybe they're just hoping to get more people to check out the other versions that actually cost money. Maybe they're going to put out the DLC on the mobile version and that will cost money. Yeah, I don't know.
0: Honestly, I think with a game that's this cheap and so on the up, yeah, I feel like the plan is probably to like, yeah, exactly what you said have people come back to your product in a different way. Right. Because for 3.99 at its highest price. Yeah. If I like it on my phone and I'm like, yeah, this is nice. I'm maybe I want to do a controller. Am I going to play it on my phone with a controller? Probably not. I would just spend 4 fucking dollars. Right. and buy it
1: on PC or buy it on, you know, whatever. Yeah. Dave, have you checked out Vampire Survivors yet?
2: I haven't. No um but this just kind of strike me as a as a potentially risky strategy if that is sort of the case where it's like we know our game is best enjoyed on console or pc is it on pc i assume it's on pc yeah it's on it was on pc first i think so like if if the experience isn't as good or it's best enjoyed on console do, do you kind of run the risk of turning people off if you know they jump in with the free version on mobile uh and then you're just kind of expecting them to check out the paid version on console um i don't know i kind of suspect there's more coming and it's like it's free now and maybe it'll stay free but there's going to be like extra content or some sort of microtransactions coming but it is a weird kind of strategy in any case i like seeing people kind of experiment with this kind of stuff it also is like I assume it doesn't have uh, a development team of hundreds of people, so maybe, maybe it was just a passion project, and they're like, let's you know, let's just try it on mobile, see what happens. We'll put it out there, Um, and they they've clearly made their money back.
1: Oh yeah, (laughs) I would imagine
2: maybe it was a nothing to lose sort of scenario, but
1: yeah, yeah, they definitely, man, the game. I think it's I think it's five bucks normally, and at one point it was four, or maybe it's four, and at one point it was three. Uh, They put it on sale for a while there before their 1.0 patch, but I just can't imagine that this game cost very much to make. And it was developed by one person. Now, who knows going forward what it is going to be like, but right now it's developed by one person. And I would certainly assume that they've uh, made their money back in multiple, uh, (laughs) multiple bank accounts worth of money, probably. So good for them because it's very addicting it's like crack one more game that's what i keep hearing yeah i keep hearing crack is worth trying too but yeah well yeah. i'm not gonna risk it dave there was also one more announcement uh or there, there were lots more announcements there was one that we can kind of morph into our what have you been playing section and that is uh forespoken we also i mean we saw some stuff about forespoken but we also got a demo uh for free on ps5 and you checked it out
2: I did. Yeah, I, I rolled credits on the demo as it wow. well. It's it's not a long demo, um, but uh, yeah, a friend of the show, uh, Sabrina Boo Stewart, jumped into Discord and kind of reminded us all that this is free on, on PlayStation. So um, yeah, I checked it out. Um, it's an interesting game. Uh, I will say right off the bat, and I can't take credit for this because I was watching um, Easy Allies preview and Michael Damiani kind of put it really well. Um, It was giving infamous vibes in terms of like what it feels like to use all the different kind of um, offensive abilities and even some of the traversal stuff. And um, it also reminds me of Infamous uh, Second Son in many ways because that was a PS4 launch title. And I kind of felt like visually that game did a really good job of showing what the console could do, especially when it came to like animation and, and visuals. So, um, Forspoken is, is, is pretty impressive looking when you're focused on kind of the character. I can't remember her name, but like just the way she moves and interacts with the environment. Um, and you know when you string together your attacks and you kind of start to understand the the combat system and and experiment with stuff, um, it all it all is is really visually impressive. Um, I I know for I wouldn't say a fact, but I, I'm assuming that like the demo was kind of set up in a way to just kind of give you a taste because you. You unlock some abilities and you can go in and see the different upgrades that are available. And, like, there's a lot there. And I really suspect this is a game all about kind of um, experimenting with different kind of um, combinations of attacks and stuff like that. Um, And each encounter that you actually have, you have, like, a... a, um, a devil may cry style like grading system. So the more attacks you string together and the fewer times you get hit and the more times you dodge, like the higher up it goes. So, uh, I really think a big draw of this game is going to be like mastering that combat system so that you can, um, you know, kind of get higher scores and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, I mean it, I, I went in kind of being, ho-hum about this game and i wouldn't say like i'm pumped for it or like i'm gonna pre-order or anything but like i am genuinely interested and i could see myself purchasing this game um but i do have some concerns like as much as like it was cool to see what was going on and like what i was doing there were times when i felt like i wasn't actually doing a whole lot like it was kind of a lot of just button mashing (laughs) stuff. Um, And again, I I know you kind of unlock more, more abilities and stuff like that, but um, I know uh, you know, this coming from square Enix. they've, they've kind of been accused in the past of like pouring a lot of time and energy to making things look cool, but like the actual depth in, in the gameplay wasn't really kind of up to the same level. So That's potentially um, a bit of a concern that I have. Uh, The other thing is, is like as cool as the character looked and the animations were good. I don't know why they chose to use the kind of setting they did for the demo. I don't know if that's where like the entire game is set, but like, like everything about like the enemy design and, and the main character design and the combat and all that stuff was so interesting. But the, the setting that you're actually playing in looks like it was like just, it looks like far cry five. Like it's just like this Alpine setting and there was not really a whole lot going on. There's some cool bridges and some interesting vistas and stuff, but I don't know. I just feel like they could have picked, you know, a different locale to do the demo in or, you know, that just might be what the, the full game's going to be like. Um, So yeah, and a lot of people have talked about some of the cringy dialogue um that was there (laughs) definitely um i know there's there's a setting you can do to kind of change that down to just kind of essential banter back and forth she um the main character has like this i think it's her her gauntlet or something that's talking to her and and giving her some advice and stuff like that and and yeah some of the back and forth was a little bit cringy uh it wasn't game breaking me and i think the longer you're actually going to sit with the game the more you're going to get used to that and maybe it actually becomes endearing but um yeah something i noticed but i mean at the end of the day i'm i'm interested to see how this game does it comes out in january i think it's like the next big release we're gonna get i believe it's playstation exclusive yeah and it's, it's if anything
1: time exclusive
2: i mean i i think we've been kind of uh you know we're, we're over two years into this new generation and i think this is one of those few games um that isn't first party that i think really kind of shows some next gen visuals at least from just the character design and, and animation and stuff so yeah i mean i i would urge anybody to check it out it's a free demo it's not long um
1: yeah nice Certainly. yeah i have not uh really had a whole lot of interest in it because the early showings i didn't feel like were great but you made a good point in that it's a free demo so why not check it out i just i don't know i just have so many things i want to play and end up just playing call of duty instead of playing the things i want to play so i feel even more burdened that even an hour-long demo makes me feel stressed out but yeah why not why not give it a try yeah anything else
2: dave that you've been checking out um i've i've been really spinning my wheels with um something new to play um so I, okay, so I had, um, I, I jumped back into Ghost of Tsushima for some reason this week. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, I had that game originally on my PlayStation 4. For whatever reason, apparently my save for that game was local and I don't have my PlayStation 4 anymore. So, so it,
1: like, just so you know, that is a story that many people have with that specific game.
2: Interesting. Okay. Yeah. That might explain it. But um yeah, so I, I don't have a save, but I was... Just like I feel like playing Ghost of Tsushima. So I started a brand new campaign. Um I my my PlayStation 4 was just a base PS4. I didn't buy like the director's cut or anything. So I'm effectively playing the PS4 Pro version, which right. is, a, is a significant upgrade over what I played, just like from a um, an FPS standpoint. So yeah, I've just been playing through that. Um uh, just kind of doing side stuff and I my, my issue with my playthrough of that game is like I really enjoyed it But I know there was a lot of side stuff that I didn't check out. So I'm kind of intentionally avoiding Main content stuff and I don't know if I'm gonna platinum this platinum this game But what I do like about it from a platinum standpoint is it's a purely completionist platinum. So like difficulty doesn't matter There's no multiple playthroughs. It's just like literally do every activity in the game and I find the game just that good um, that I could see myself kind of just wanting to clear the entire map. So yeah. I mean, we'll see. There, there's I've got a little while before my next big thing comes out that I have to play day one. Um, Which is so yeah, uh, Hogwarts Legacy. Funny oh, nice. enough, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm 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 there on that. But um, yeah, so other than that, just kind of deep rock and a little bit of Call of Duty here and there, and just a little yeah.
1: rock and stone.
2: A little rock and stone for Carl, you know
1: yep bando
0: nothing too fun uh, um, literally the same thing I've been talking about for three or four weeks not now. too fun or yeah. not too exciting not What's too exciting difference? I've definitely been having fun yeah I'm, I'm content um but yeah more God of War lovely perfect can't wait to play more um and just duty just really just grind in duty um, I've waited for a call of duty to grasp me um for a couple years now and it's got its claws in deep um so it's just like it was one of my first loves yeah and so to feel some of those feelings that i felt again is truly just a wonderful thing for me Uh, because that was one of the blossoming um points from the beginning of my video game relationships so right um yeah, just a lot of fun, man. Oh, I did play. Um, I started uh, Portal with RTX. Yeah. Which is actually really cool. I got it running pretty well on my PC. Um, unfortunately, the only way I can seem to make it run well is to let my NVIDIA experience optimize it for me. Any other change I make in-game to the settings tanks my performance. I think it needs patched. I don't know what's wrong with that. Yeah. I got, I got to look around on Reddit, but it doesn't matter if I'm on you know, performance, balance, none of that matters. I'm still getting like 60 to 80 frames. And when I let my experience optimize it, I'm 120. So, yeah. um,
1: yeah, it's been really good. Just so you know, 60 to 80 is still pretty dang good.
0: Yeah, I know. But, but if you I, can do more, so why not? Right, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, no, I, it's good. The beginning is really slow, especially yeah. because I've played it so many times that like I'm like, okay, I want to start doing puzzles now. Like I know how to play the game. Right um but yeah it looks fantastic i mean the lighting is really cool i never thought that um this game could be enhanced so much by lighting but these beautiful uh, chambers with reflections and you know the light kind of bouncing off of surfaces and like reflect refracting slowly
1: is just really pretty so. yeah i've also been playing uh oh sorry um, my buddy justin our buddy justin yeah was saying something about. There's something, some particular setting, and I'm forgetting if he said it was like a, f- a four, if you have a four series card or something. Something, I don't know, said that if you you have to go into uh, one of the documents and edit it in Notepad in order for it to run properly on a certain type of card that it's oh, supposed to fuck. work. So like there's clearly something they didn't. Yeah. They were just like, yeah, put the RTX patch on it. And <sighs> they were like, we don't have an RTX patch. And they were just like, now you do. Just write. <laughs> with rtx and it'll be fine <laughs> Seriously. and so there's definitely some yeah some disconnect there going yeah, on but sure. i've also been playing a lot of call of duty still and will probably continue to be for a while although i was saying earlier that i just need to play less call of duty i've been just mostly just leveling up guns for a month now it feels Dude, like you're close to the end though I, mean, I am yeah i'm on i'm finally on pistols now i'm done with everything else there's a new grind once you're done with that but, but i'm not doing camos oh, i mean for the one <laughs> <laughs> for a couple guns that I'm gonna rock all the time, I might go for camos. Yeah, but, no and experience. and I've already unlocked, I think I already unlocked a couple of them by accident. There you go. Like a couple of the, the uh higher end camos. So it's not hard, it just takes a lot of time. I've always been a function over form kind of guy with, with Call of Duty, especially. Yeah. Uh I don't need to buy the skins, I don't need to unlock new camos. Uh but yeah, that is a grind. But for me, I just want to actually get to play the game now uh that i've unlocked so many guns i just now because the problem not the problem but the thing about this game is it's the way the weapons work are different from the other games you get attachments for certain guns by unlocking them on other guns right and so used to like if you leveled a gun up the whole way any of the attachments that you wanted to use for that gun you could use in this game if i finish leveling up uh the 74u for instance there might be the attachment that makes it the perfect gun for me, but I won't get it until I unlock it on the sniper rifle for some reason or whatever. Right? Uh, you know, just an example. But so that's been a little bit annoying and also a little bit fun. So I'm I'm almost done unlocking everything uh, that I want that I need. Oh, almost done, done unlocking everything. Period. So that is fun. I saved the pistols for last, and I'm regretting it because it's a grind for yeah. sure. Yeah. yeah. There are some new. There's a there's a raid coming. Yeah. So this week
0: um the 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 mid-season essentially the reloaded as they're referring to it um is coming so a new map new Mm -hmm. gun Mm -hmm. new skins paid i'm sure there might be some free stuff yeah and then uh shipment
1: and the raid so which is pretty cool good because i finished up the battle pass and once i finish all my guns i'm gonna be like well what do i do now because i've played everything already right right uh also i've been continuing to play plague tale requiem and I'm still finding it. I think I talked about it last week. I'm still finding it a little bit hard just to move forward. And not like the game is hard. Just like I'm like, oh, <laughs> it's just and I'm it's just, heavy. I'm trying to decide still, like, have I do I not like stealth as much as I used to? I don't because I used to love stealth. Games, yeah, me too. And now I'm like, I just want to run up and club everybody in the head. But I think I talked about all that last week. But I've put, I don't know, five or six more hours into it this week. Uh, So I figured I'd mention it. And the last thing, Marvel Snap. I'm getting really into it, guys. I'm getting, I'm like nerding out now. And I'm still not playing it a ton. I'm spending a lot of time with decks and like experimenting with stuff and looking up YouTube videos and Reddit posts. And I downloaded this app for the computer that will track your games and like (laughs) optimize your deck for you. I mean, it doesn't optimize your deck for you. It just tells you what your deck's doing. And like, you can see your win loss with it and you can see. And so like, I'm really getting into it. And now like, trying to imitate other decks that are just obviously destroying me every time i play against them and learning the ins and outs of those not because i want to use them but because i want to know how to combat them right so because you never you don't find out how to combat a deck until you use it and someone else kills you with it so like that's been uh a lot of fun but i just am surprised at how much it's it's uh brought me in because i'm not a person who wants to stare at my phone all day and I've definitely been playing a lot of it uh, compared to how I would normally play mobile games or even look at my phone in general. I noticed my battery is dying very quickly now <laughs> as compared to how it used to. I could rock. I mean, I, I would plug it in every night, but I could rock the same battery charge for like three or four days because I just don't really. I don't stare at my phone all the time, but now there's no chance it's got to be charged every night. <laughs> uh, and then they got best mobile game at the game awards. And I saw all sorts of people start talking about it. Dustin mentioned it on sacred symbols and how he started playing it, I think last week and he's liking it. And I see all sorts of buzz from it from that. And I'm like, good. Cause this is actually a good mobile game. And I want, I feel like good mobile games need rewarded because I want to shit on bad mobile games twice as hard. Right. So anyway, that's it. That's all I got. That's it. That's all we got. Yeah. I just looked over at the screen and Dave was like whipping around in his chair violently. I'm not sure what happened over there uh, maybe the cat tried to go outside or something i I'm thought sure. the
2: door was opening have you guys seen that youtube video of a guy who was doing like a live stream or something and somebody broke into his house jesus no. christ yeah, it's, that's it's, terrifying it's new fear unlocked. unlocked yeah Everyone was fine but uh, yeah the good part is work. when we're here recording
1: we're up in the studio and um dustin is most likely downstairs so if anyone breaks in dustin will probably die immediately and then we'll have time to escape out the window or something (laughs) so like i don't know if that's the good news but i mean that's that's news i mean yeah it's news for sure don't forget about the patreon patreon.com slash hands of phantom also don't forget about the discord Hands of phantom.com slash discord we appreciate it brandon and i will be playing call of duty modern warfare against the creator no the director of the original god of war the director of Twisted metal david jaffe Along with our buddies uh, Dustin, Justin, Josh, and Lockmort, on Monday night, whatever date that is, uh, let me let me look that up. It'll be at nine PM Eastern. I will be streaming, uh, as well as I'm sure Jaffe will, and probably other people as well. Um, I can't find the calendar app on my phone, but Monday night, nine PM, I'm at Ben is Handsome on Twitch. The nineteenth, we'll be playing against David Jaffe and a team of people he's assembled. And uh, our goal is to, one, tell the man, you know, I mean, I've talked to him before, but uh, that we admire him uh, for his work on these amazing franchises, plus drawn to death, uh, and then also crush him into the ground and make him cry. Who's on his team? Just people from his community. Okay. like yeah, his, uh, It could be anybody. The, yeah. The goal is still the same. Yeah. I'm actually trying to figure out if it's actually practical for me to target no one but Jaffe. I mean, we can make it happen.
2: Yeah. So you, you guys clearly have a ringer in Brandon. I wonder who's... Is David Jaffe the ringer, or is he? does he have his own secret weapon he must?
1: Uh, We're hoping they have no weapons. I will not disparage a man, but I will say that if there's a ringer, it's at someone besides Javi. <laughs> okay. Because I've seen him play and he's fine. Also you're giving me too much credit. You haven't
0: played enough uh, enough games with our buddy Justin Guns. Our he's buddy crack. Justin Guns he's fucking crap.
1: I play so. games with him like probably f- at least 3 of 7 nights, probably more like 4 of 7 nights a week and uh he's good at every game. Yeah. And he is amazing at Call of Duty. So uh I'll tell you what, uh, Brandon, I used to think you were really good. You're shit compared to Justin. I know.
0: It's I know he's making me wow. look bad. He wow. really is,
1: yeah. So, uh, he's our ringer for sure. All right, that's it. Bye. The HP podcast is brought to you by our patrons over at patreoncom slash phantom Thanks to our producers: Grabalicious, Christian Snow, Rainick, Chris Bylock, Derek O, Nuke Dukem, Brian Parrot, Htrons, Maurice Bays, Passive Pixels, Edwin Castillo. Boots, Poot, Jared, Josh Cummings, Edward Walton, Charles Peterson, Toby Ryland, Wormhat.